This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my podcast. I am so honored to have missionary Dennis Balcom, who is the founder of the Revival Christian Church in Hong Kong, and uh, he's turned that over to other leaders, And but he is working in the Revival Chinese Ministries International. He is my main contact in China, and he has come through again and again. We've done some articles in Charisma Magazine about his ministry. The only time I ever was in China was as his guest. And so when this whole COVID-19 thing happened and we were you know, wondering what in the world was going on and how it affected the church, I contacted him. And now with the marvels of the internet, we can get together and I, I am talking to him via Zoom. He in Hong Kong, me in Florida, and uh, you listening on your podcast, how amazing this technology is now and what I wanted was an update about what's happening in the church specifically with everything that's going on first of all the coronavirus secondly the un the unrest that they're having in Hong Kong over the protests for freedom isn't it interesting that in China China a communist country they are protesting for freedom and democracy and in the greatest democracy in the world, America, the anarchists are protesting for some form of socialism or communism. Maybe we can talk about that. So uh, without going on, Dennis, why don't I just welcome you to my podcast. The last time, uh, if I remember correctly, we got about 150,000 downloads. You told us what was happening in China, uh, the first time, as I recall, was in February, where things had not gotten really, really bad here, and and but all eyes were trained on China, where this all came from. So thank you for that podcast, and maybe you could give us an update on what's happening now. Well, thank you, Steve. I'm really honored to be able to speak about this. I live in Hong Kong. I've been here for 51 years and uh, do a lot of work in China and other places where there's Chinese. And I'm really concerned about the church and its role in this COVID-19 situation. Now, Christians, of course, have gotten sick and some have died, but many have been healed. We've heard many testimonies of churches going out and praying for people and people getting healed. But the uh, situation in Hong Kong and China is similar, but it's not the same. Of course, communism is the main religion of China, atheism. But at the same time, there's a huge church in China, probably numerically the largest church in the world. Some people say 70 million, maybe 130 million or more Christians. And they have been praying. They have been sharing the gospel. And the amazing thing is because of COVID-19, everyone is, of course, in lockdown, but they've been using the Internet, all kinds of platforms like WeChat and Zoom and every kind of platform to not only have online meetings, which they do, but to preach the gospel. And I heard of one church that they've been able to contact people. This is up in, I think, in Wenzhou or Hangzhou, that they never heard the gospel before just by word of mouth or other ways. And they've had several hundred people make a decision to believe in Jesus online. People never came to church, didn't know anything about Jesus. And they're saying, hey, as soon as you open the church, I'm going to come and I want to get in line to be baptized. So this is really encouraging. Uh, now, basically, the virus in China has been contained. A lot of controversy about how it started and was there a cover up or whatever. We know there was a cover up. 
but it's basically been contained. But in Beijing, in the last few days alone, there's been a second outbreak. And I think about 240 or 50 people have the virus right now. But we think they have it under control because they're once again taking very strict measures against Beijing. But altogether in China, about officially about some 4,600 people have died. Now, Hong Kong is different. Uh, Hong Kong, the government, we have people in the government, they have put the people's health far beyond the economy. But we never had a total lockdown. We could go out. It's only in Hong Kong. They uh, they closed the borders to everybody except Hong Kong people. And then what they did was that they uh, would close the schools and the people working in government work at, uh, at home. But people could go out. And they had restrictions on meetings. And so the the churches went to the government and said, hey, we want to work with you. We, we realize this virus is very serious. So we want to do certain things where we can still have our meetings, and uh, but we will have restrictions. And so many weeks ago, they opened up to let us have meetings. We can have 50% of the capacity. Like my church has 700 chairs, so we have 350 seats, and we can have as many meetings as we want. Now, when you come in, your temperature's taken, uh, you know, they you get the disinfectant for your hand, they record your name just in case they had to follow up, and then there's <clears throat> every other chair is vacant, and then after the meetings, we make it a little bit shorter, then we'll disinfect the whole church and all these things. So we're having tremendous growth in the church is really amazing, and we're still having meetings, so we have to have restricted. This week, we're having the International Pentecostal Conference here in Hong Kong. Because of the uh, borders being closed, most foreigners or people overseas cannot come, but uh, the Hong Kong people can, and we're going to be doing that online. Now, about the situation in Hong Kong, we have 7.5 million people. Only five people have died. In Taiwan, we have 23 million people. Seven people have died. In Macau, we have uh, 650,000 people. Nobody has died, only 400 cases. Now, the good news is that this virus can be defeated if the people cooperate. Now, what happened in Hong Kong and Macau and Taiwan and other places in Asia? We remember SARS in 2003. So at that time, 10% of the people died. But uh, from that time until now, when anybody gets sick, whatever it is, even if you have a cold or a cough, you wear a face mask. Basically, to so you won't give it to other people, right? Not so much to protect yourself. So we have this culture. So back in the end of February and March, when we knew this virus was spreading to China, we knew that China covers it up. They always do. They did that with SARS. It's not a free state. So everybody began to wear face masks. Now, 100% of the people, 100% of the time, wear face masks. And even if you go down a road, there's nobody miles around, you'll see people wearing a face mask, unless they're jogging or exercising. So it's just become a culture. We think it's going to go on for a few more years this way. So we really think that they really help us. But let me just get back to the, the thing about the church and what has happened. It's really amazing because now in China, uh, so many people have come to the Lord by online meetings and these other things. And the government now is not cracking down on online preaching. I was just preaching uh, two weeks ago in a church group up in Northeast China for about two hours and we use a platform called WeChat. And it said before every time we had a meeting, the police PSB, they call it public security bureau, you know about them because they detained us. Remember when we were in Guangzhou many years ago, they called us up, but this time they didn't. And they know you, Pastor Balkan, you're very well known. So they're basically said, 
you can go and have these religious things online. So now what they're doing, they're going to develop all kinds of videos and things like that on different platforms. Now, we don't know really why, but one reason it could be maybe the government's so busy with the virus, they don't have time to worry about Christians and their activities. But maybe it's because the churches are helping people. They're going out and giving people face masks and you know praying for people and things like that. And maybe they realize now, hey, these Christians can help us to solve this virus. Maybe there's even some Christians in the government. It doesn't seem likely, but we don't know. But this is really a time. And what I've been actually sharing people with, the greatest enemy is, is, is not COVID-19. It's the fear that comes from it. You know, there's a scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 that talks about, uh, you know, uh, there's no love and fear. He that is perfected in love, there's no fear. Fear has torment or another translation fear has punishment so we we've had these demonstrations in hong kong because they have a new security law coming in in the next maybe week or two you know that'll be really restrictive for us from china demonstrations you have the demonstrations in america you know over all these different things and and, and people are getting sick and people are losing their jobs but the thing is fear is is really the greatest enemy you know fear so what is the antidote well it says the, the love of god cast out fear. God has manifested his love to. Well, how do we receive the love of God? Well, we, we have meetings, we have prayer, and people, the whole churches are fasting, you know, thousands of Christians are fasting, and, and we have the reading the Bible online, and we're getting all these meetings together. So we really think that there's, I read in, in your book, you know, that I read online, you know, that the prophecy was given that this uh, COVID-19, this thing is going to result in a great revival. And that's what I believe is happening. So that's basically, you know, uh, it's bad news. People are still dying. We know in, in, uh, in the United States, we a lot of deaths and things like that, what, 120,000 already. But it can be defeated. And the church can see a revival from that. Well, I hope you're right. And let me just elaborate on what you said about the book, because you are a big part of that book. Um, yes, I released a book in January called God Trump and the 2020 election because we have a big election coming up over here and it's not just between Republicans and Democrats like it is every four years. I mean it's really against um, right people that I believe are on the right. I don't mean right politically. I mean righteousness and correctness and truthfulness and against uh, people that are really against the church who espouse all kinds of left-wing kind of things. And I believe that God has given us a reprieve with Donald Trump, who a lot of people don't like, but uh, that's why I wrote the book. And then when the COVID-19 thing came, of course that happened after the book was finished shortly before it released and it's going to have a big effect. And my interviews with you about what was going on in China, describing how the, the church people would give out uh, uh, little bottles of alcohol and and masks, which I guess were in short supply for a long time, and just uh, offering to pray for people. Uh, I thought that was very interesting. And of course, we had reported it. And then when I was pulling the book together, you know, I, I, I quoted you on quite a bit of it. So I was glad to send you the book. It is just now hitting the stores. Uh, the publishing supply chain has been all messed up. We can go around it partially because of electronics and digital, but still. And uh, I just hope that people will read it because it 
tries to uh, tell things from a spiritual point of view, the kind of points that you were making. And we did quote David Wilkerson. Now, just to make this clear, because there's been some controversy about this, David Wilkerson made this private uh, prophecy in a private conversation with Mike Evans, who is a friend of mine. Mike took notes, as I often do, if I was having a breakfast or lunch with you, uh, Dennis, and you were telling me things, I'd be sitting there jotting it down, you know, to use later. And Mike did this and put it in his Bible and started using another Bible for some reason, and years later found it. And so a lot of it comes down to, do you believe Mike Evans? I happen to do it. And uh, apparently there were some family members or it, it probably extended family members who were saying, well, he never said it. What's more accurate is there is no record that he said it. But I sent a copy of it along with the criticisms to his son, uh, Gary Wilkerson. Maybe some people will be interested in this. And I said, what do I make of this? And he said he had no record of his father saying that. But he said it certainly sounded like something his father would say. And uh, I think anytime that there's a prophetic word given in a private setting, you know, it's not always recorded. And um, mm -hmm. so anyway, I, long story short, I believe it. But you also have to believe Mike Evans. And, you know, I believe that it's going to happen whether or not David Wilkerson said it. I just thought it was, you know, very, very interesting and, and very timely. So was there anything in the book that caught your eye that you felt was particularly important? You know, because I went into uh, prophetic and I went into what does this mean for Christians? And, uh, you know, you're a, a great observer and, and very astute, and I'd be interested in your opinion. Well, the main thing now, considering uh, Wilkerson, by the way, uh, years ago, he had a book you may remember called The Vision, I think it was. And there were a lot of prophetic uh, prophecies. Some are quite general. There'll be economic collapses, earthquakes. But there's a prophecy that China would open. But then after so many years, it would begin to close to a certain degree. Now, that was when China was open. And I was going to China. I took you in. You know, we we're taking in Bibles. And it looked like China would just open until it would maybe even become a free uh, capitalist nation. But under the present leadership that began uh, just a few years ago, we really see a lot of restrictions, a lot of uh, closing to, you know, not only democracy and freedoms, but uh, Christian activities. Uh, but now I'm not discouraged that because there is a great revival in China and uh, the church is growing and actually persecution, even if it comes to Hong Kong, which it might because of the new security law that we haven't even seen the details of. The persecution doesn't stop the church from growing. It brings a great revival. So I, I do believe, at least in that book that David Wilkerson wrote, there was a true prophet, prophecy, and he's a true prophet. Now, uh, concerning your book, the main thing I got in it is there's, it's, it's not a political thing. There's like a spiritual war going on like you say you know between you know liberal conservatives between dark forces and the christian church and things like that and that's really what a lot is happening right now that's think what your book is doing now so to me the controversy is did china invent or make the virus and deliberately spread it i don't think there's any proof there may be we don't know we had to just wait for this proof but we know it. there was actually a report recently that back in uh, december they found 
the virus in Italy, I think December the 16th in the sewage. So did it even originate in China? Now we believe there was a cover up because of the market and the animals and things like that. We will find out in the future, but really it came from the devil. I mean, these viruses, these pandemics, you know, these things are the work of darkness to destroy the destroy people, of course, to kill people, so the devil can have more people with him in hell, obviously, but it's, it also comes against the church. It's a spiritual thing, and that's why in my position, you know, first of all, we got to be very careful when we take a position about anything that is political because, you know, everyone has their own view, and we are the body of Christ. We should stand together, and we should be praying for people and preaching the gospel, you know, standing up for the truth. So to me, it goes beyond just who's going to uh, run or win the election or what, you know, what China is doing or what anybody is doing. It's a spiritual warfare that we're in. And by the way, I didn't mention now, because of this, we really getting involved with churches in other nations and helping them, you know, in India and uh, in, in, in Pakistan and Bangladesh and Africa, because I go there all the time, you know, so every day I'm sending offerings to these people, I meaning that my my savings to go down, but I, you know, I'm, I, you know, there's a saying that, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that we need to invest in the kingdom of God, you know, that uh, he is no fool that gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So we're giving, we're investing in the future. But to me, it's so important now that this time of the coronavirus that we get involved with our brothers and sisters around the world and help them. I mean, these people were supporting financially. What they're doing is they're going out and getting face masks and sanitizers and going out and helping the people. Though it may be dangerous. So I'm really so encouraged to see though some have lost their lives, many have lost their lives in many nations, to see the churches rising up. And this is the time that we need to stand with our brothers and sisters. Very well said. I just so appreciate your insight. And uh, as we wrap up this podcast, let me give you the last word, particularly on what you see happening in China as a result of, you know, all of this turmoil, the, first of all, the disease itself, the backlash from the United States, which is a much deeper topic that we can go into right now, but, but really a lot of the manufacturing that's been in China that Americans have bought are, is going to be pulled back to this country, especially prescription medicines and vaccines and that kind of thing. What do you think is happening? I realize I'm sort of saying it from a political point of view, but I'm really more interested in what's happening spiritually. Yes. Well, uh, economically, this is really going to hurt China. And had China been more open and been willing to share the information, or maybe on the other side, had America even now is willing to work with China to find the vaccine or whatever the reason for this, it could have made everything different. So it is really going to hurt China because people are pouring out, people are leaving China. I mean, not companies are leaving China, businesses are leaving China. And now we're concerned about the new security law in Hong Kong, whether it will hurt Hong Kong or not. But I think in the long run, it will change China for the good. It will realize that Chinese will realize they cannot be isolated from the rest of the world. They need to be more transparent. And, you know, the Christians are speaking out. Even ordinary people are speaking out. But from a spiritual point of view, just like I mentioned, all these people, especially young people, say, hey, we have these uh, Internet programs we can use. We're going to make high quality videos. And now the government, at least now, is not stopping this. And we're going to use this to 
really reach our nation. Even in Hong Kong, you know, so many young people now that are really tech savvy, you know, the young people much more than you and me at our age, you know, and they're already using these modern platforms to get the gospel out and to reach people. And then as the, you know, like in Hong Kong, the virus will probably is already gone in Hong Kong, you know, so we're going to be completely back to normal in a week or so. And when the churches open up again, and they're going to open up in China, you're going to have a massive people coming to the churches. So I don't see this as a long-term for years or decades where it'll be online. I think it's just, you know, maybe a year or two, and then the churches will come back again and there'll be more people than ever. And I think evangelism will be more than ever. So I think it'll hurt the economy of China, but it might bring a change in the policies or who knows that some of the leaders in China, we don't know that, but it's gonna hurt the economy of China, but it's gonna be a blessing for the Chinese people because the gospel is going to be preached. How encouraging that is. <laughs> and I know that people are going to want to get to uh, stay in touch with you. So tell people how they can find out more about uh, Revival Chinese Ministries International, or if they wanted to communicate with you uh, somehow through email. Okay, well, we have a, a website. It's just rcmi.ac okay rcmi stands for revival chinese ministries international.ac and if they want to send me a personal uh email uh my email address is uh my name is dennis falcom so it's d-e-n-n-i-s-b at r-c-c-h-k.org once again d-e-n-n-i-s-b at rcchk.org. So that's my personal address and our website is rcmi.ac. So get in touch with us. If you have any suggestions or any questions, I'll be more than happy to share with you from our point of view. Maybe different from American point of view, but like I said, I've been living here for 51 years and uh, we speak Chinese, we love the Chinese people. And so we'd be very glad to share with you how we see the situation as it's developing. Now, the story hasn't finished, you know, we know it's gonna happen next few months, but to me, it looks really, you know, some hope is at the end of the tunnel. So thank you very much, Stephen. God bless you for allowing me to share this time. And I'll just say that your ministry has utmost integrity, it's very well respected, uh, not just in China, but all around the world. And uh, there are a lot of American Christians who have a heart for China, who are encouraged by what we hear about the revival, but don't know who to support. And so I'll just say that people can support your ministry with confidence uh, and support it as I do. I believe it enough that I've I've been a supporter over the years and not very often yes. do I encourage people to do that, but I feel that that is important. And you just never know how the Lord will use something like this. Obviously the podcast that I've done with you in the past, especially as the coronavirus was just becoming uncovered and people were so interested in what was happening in that part of the world. They were shared many, many, many times. And I hope that this will also be shared on social media, email list, uh, text a link to a friend, whoever you think would be interested, please do it because that's how the word gets out. So I'll thank you, Dennis Balcom, for being on my podcast today. And thank you to my listeners for tuning in to the Strang Report on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you.